0: If you're ready to take action to create the life and business you want and be surrounded by courageous, like minded warriors, entrepreneurs, creatives, and professional freelancers supporting each other and feeling the fear and doing it anyway, I invite you to join my free online community, Momentum Warriors. Just head over to www.momentumwarriors.com now.
1: You're listening to Transitions Podcast. Learn how to make money doing what you love, become more confident, create a positive impact and have the lifestyle that you want with marketing consultant and small business advisor, Anthony Chansamuth.
0: Hey warriors, welcome to episode 12 of Transitions Podcast and I have with me two amazing superstars uh, who are Known as the Freedom Travelers, I have Victoria and Elena. Um, so we've got an Aussie and a Brit. If I, if that, is that correct, ladies?
2: That yeah. is. Thanks for having us. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Now you're just saying to me that you just come back from a couple of different places. Um, how about you share where that was and what were you doing over there?
1: Uh, totally. So we were we spent some time in LA, Cuba, and Colombia. Um, and we were just doing some stuff for our blog and also for our other business, which we do a bit of event management.
2: Yeah, and it was awesome. It was, it was exciting for me because I'd never been to Colombia. I'm Vic, by the way, the Brit, and Elena is the Aussie, uh, Aussie contingent of the Freedom Travellers. But yeah, so I'd never been to Colombia and Cuba was new for both of us. And it was just, it was super exciting trip and uh, we had an absolutely amazing time. So yeah, it was, it was, it was fun.
0: So how do you, uh, I mean, those places are amazing. I've been to Cuba, I've been to LA, haven't been to Colombia. Um, how do you determine where you're going and when?
2: <laughs> That's a really good question.
1: That is a really great question. I don't know, we kind of, I don't think I've got an answer for that, but basically we just kind of just roll with it. Like for instance, right now, We've got no travel plans for the next 45 days. Um, We have been asked to go to Malaysia, but we committed to each other that we wouldn't travel for the next 45 days just so we can get some stuff done here in Sydney. And then after that, like, we know we're going to Vegas. We want to go to Miami for an event over there. And then I think we probably know we're going to Europe at the end of the year. But basically, like, we've kind of got, like, a a really – I guess a top level idea of where we're going to go and then we just kind of roll with it like we just start like saying yes to everything so like for instance there was an opportunity to go to is it Bosnia Bosnia yeah which we're looking into today and that just happened this morning so you know we could be going to Bosnia in June which will be fun I've never been there
2: And we're very fluid in how we plan our travel in terms of oftentimes we don't plan at all and we just leave ourselves kind of open to opportunities. We have ideas. We set the intention to go to different places. Like we had Cuba on our list and we just so happened to be running an event in Colombia and decided that we would make that happen. So I think fluidity is key in our world and for some people that would make them have a panic attack. But for us, it works really well, so...
0: Yeah, I can, I can feel the project managers listening to this going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know how to manage these ladies. It's just crazy.
1: Which is funny because I, that is my skill set. I am a project manager.
0: <laughs> there you go. Great. I'm glad that you brought that up. So let's, talk, let's go back pre-Freedom Travellers. So what were you both doing? How did you meet? And, and, and what were, you know, if you had a job or a career, what was that before you, you kind of moved into this current phase of your life?
1: Totally. So I was in like um, senior management for a multi-billion-dollar company. My skill sets are all around, I guess, op- operation, project management, marketing, customer service. So I've got a, I've got a pretty
2: broad
1: background, I guess, in terms of skill set. And Vic is a journalist, excellent writer, and a mad
2: social media. <laughs> Guru, she says guru. I mean, yeah, like I, my background's marketing communication specifically, even though she's still struggling to work out how to use Snapchat. Oh, gosh, <laughs> don't get me. Started Snapchat, I'm hoping there's some other people out in the world that feel the same way I do about Snapchat, but yeah, my background is um, started off in the the journalism publishing world uh, back in England um, moved into marketing comms in-house for I worked for a virgin company and then when I moved to Australia worked with a membership organization and Elena and I actually met at work uh, where we were actually working for um, a direct selling company here in Sydney and we met in, at work and we fell in love and from that point really was when we decided to kind of really take a look at our lives and, and decide what we wanted them to look like. And whilst we both had, you know, perceived to be very successful careers, nice salaries, lots of perks, all the rest, we really wanted different things from our life. And I think that's really when we started to take a look at what we wanted to do and and how the Freedom Travellers came to be, I guess.
0: I love that. And then thank you for sharing that. I, I want to sort of take you back to that time and that phase of your life and what was going through And obviously, you'd found love and a, and a wonderful partner, and you had violated the rules of not dating anyone at work. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not judging. I've been there anyway. And so, what, yeah, what was going on for you to, 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 you know, individually and then both to say, you know what, this isn't working for us. Because, like you say, from the from the outside, it looked like oh, you've got fantastic careers, you, you've got you're getting paid well, you know, maybe you get some, some nice company perks. What was going on inside for you?
2: Do you want to start, or yeah, or do you to start? yeah, well, you, you start, and then I'll. Uh... All right. So,
1: I guess the challenge, the the first challenge that we had is when we got together. I was managing the office and all the staff pretty much reported into me. There was another senior person there, so she had some stuff and I had the rest. So when Vic was reporting into me, obviously, it became a bit challenging, and that was our first real challenge. The company had solutions for us. They were they were absolutely awesome. They'd offered us different roles in different countries around the world and really were flexible in what they were trying to, you know, help us achieve. Um And we were fortunate enough to be offered um, some time off and to really just go away and think about what what we wanted to do, where we wanted to live in the world, and what opportunities, what jobs did I want to move into next. And uh, I don't know, it was crazy, right? Because working in senior management, you get paid really well. You've got great perks, but what comes with that is a lot of pressure, deadlines, You know, when you're managing a big team of staff, there's pressures there. And I was finding, me personally, that I was spending more time at work than I was with my friends and family. And for me, my life-work balance was, even though it was fantastic at work, I just, I was feeling challenged in that area because, like I said, I was spending more time with colleagues and staff members than I was with, with my friends. And, you know, I was getting to that point where, at the end of the day, my mates would call me up and say, like, hey, you want to go to dinner or the movies or go out for a drink or whatnot? And I'd be like, guys, I'm still at work. You know, I'm, I'm going to be here for a few more hours. Or because I work for a global company, you know, I'd be somewhere around the world and I'd just lose those connections with, with my family and friends. So I guess that, that was the challenge for me. And when yeah. Vic and I got together, we – T- went to Sri Lanka yeah, um, and then we just really assessed where we wanted our life to be, and because I was under so much pressure, I don't know I just was like took the opportunity to go, well maybe maybe life doesn't have to be about this maybe life maybe we can restructure our life so we can spend more time doing the things we love and more time with each other and our friends and our family than with work colleagues so i guess yeah. i just kind of rambled there no, sorry no,
2: but that, <laughs> I mean, that's really where it all started was us trying to figure out a solution in terms of you know where we were at with our relationship and obviously just as you said we were in love we were happy everything was going great and this time off allowed us to get some clarity and initially The idea was that I would leave work and maybe pursue some freelance work and some different writing projects and Elena would maybe perhaps stay at work. But then when we went to Sri Lanka and we'd actually been challenged by um, a mentor of ours to really think differently and he was like, you know, you know, if you think about going traveling, because we were actually thinking about packing our whole life up and just, you know, sacking it all off and spending our life savings and just leaving and, until the money ran out. And he was like, you know what? You need to think different. Like what happened? What could you do differently? How could you think different in terms of if you want to travel? How can you earn money as you travel? How can you redesign your life? How can you escape the desk job situation and start doing things that you're super passionate about, but you can also get paid for. So that trip in Sri Lanka was where we birthed the idea for our blog and really got clear on what we wanted from our lives. And the corporate nine to five wasn't in that plan. So <laughs> so yeah, that's how it all started really. And, and what led us to the, to the decision that has two years on now led us to where we're at now.
0: When you're, uh, I love, there's a couple of things that are that really pivotal in that, Sharing one of those was you, you spoke to a mentor. Who? How did you find that mentor? And and were they already living this kind of lifestyle that you guys are living now? Is that is that you know why they were asking those type of questions?
1: Ah, uh, great question. I guess for me personally, I've with my career, I've always had a couple of mentors, and I guess that's, I've just been fortunate enough to always have some great people around me willing who are, are successful themselves who are willing to you know sit down with us and spend that time mentoring us but our particular mate David Wood he is a professional i guess life coach mm-hmm. you would call him a personal development coach and we we had a very interesting lunch which happened to be about 8 hours long <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he he's he had an amazing he has an amazing life but it, in particular one point of his life when he was 18 he decided to pick up and travel the world for 10 years he, and when he started he had absolutely zero money so it was really about you know how can you do that because i've always had money when i've travelled and you know i've always gone away and travelled and just spent it as I've traveled. And then you come back and, you know, maybe you've got a credit card debt and maybe you don't, maybe you still got money in the bank. And I would just go back into working again. But David really challenged us and said, you know, there's a way to travel and still be able to earn money, but you just got to be creative in how
2: you think. And that's, that's what he did. Yeah. And his, his journey started off as a holiday and then turned into 10 years and we were like, you know, picking his brains. How did you do that? You know, and he gave gave us some creative ideas and he really, I think it really just got the cogs turning for us and just planted that seed to go hey you know what like it doesn't have to be about go spend your life savings come back and be back at zero like there are creative ways that you can travel the world see this amazing planet and yet still earn money and have resources to do so so yeah he he's been a really important person in our life and uh, and our journey um and obviously as elena said we have other people that we definitely will talk to and and you know, pick their brains about certain things. And I mean, you would probably know this too. It's like really, truly successful people are always willing to give you their time and insights and allow you to ask questions because, you know, the entrepreneurial world is all about, you know, empowering other people to get out there and do what they love. And I think we're just very fortunate to have some wonderful people around us who've who've inspired us to do this and and start on this path.
0: Clearly resonate with what you're saying there. It makes me think of, why I spend so much time in the startup communities and, and you know, in co-working spaces and, and places like that um, because there is an element there where we are all – and even in, in the Facebook groups that we're all part of and, and whatever else because we're, we're supporting each other. Uh, and I think that's sometimes missed. Um, if you're on the outside, if you you know, you might – if you're not aware of this this going on, you might think, oh, yeah, it's all competition and, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, beat everybody else and that's certainly – my experience of what it was like when I was in corporate. uh, And I was there for about 10 years. And so for me to come into a space where it's like, oh, no, there are other people who are Trying to work it out themselves, and not everyone has all the answers. And and but there are great, you know, certainly great people. So um, very valuable. I've got a couple of questions here that I basically told my community, Momentum Warriors, that I'm going to have these two amazing Freedom Travelers on this call. And I said, okay, what questions do you guys have for the awesome people? And and so I'm going to read through some of those. Okay, so here we go. So first one I've got is. Uh, around this, okay, at the time of when you made that decision to, uh, and you had a, a long chat with David, and then you went, okay, we're going to go and create a blog. How did you decide what that blog was going to be about? How did you work out how you you talked about You, you, you mentioned um, potentially doing some freelance work. How did you work out how you know? How did you answer David's question? In terms of if you're going to go and do this, how are you going to make yourself make sure that you're earning money along the way? So, what was the financial plan? Right? So, there's two questions there. One was, why a blog and what's why the focus on freedom travelers? And then, secondly, what let's talk about the money. So, what was the financial plan around that? Did you already have savings saved up for the next you know two years? How did you arrive on what your business model would be? Okay,
2: well, I'll take the blog question because uh, that's an easy one for me and Elena can tackle the money one. So I think um, the reason that we started a blog and Elena will openly admit that she never even knew what blogs were until we started one because she was too busy having a senior management role in corporate worlds. So for me, I love to write. Like writing is my thing. It's what brings me happiness in terms of my working career. And I guess my concern coming out of corporate was uh, I was like, well, you know what? Like, I love writing. I love I love that part of what I do. And if we are going to be leaving this this corporate life behind, I want to definitely have some creative outlet that is, you know, mine, ours. And so we really talked that through. And I think the the travel blog element was just something that I had looked at and knew about, and I was like you know what, this is this is just a cool thing and I really want to look into this more and see if it's even doable and initially it was an idea because I like to write, Elena is great at taking photographs and we've both travelled extensively and lived in different countries and that made sense for us because the, the end goal was to be able to travel more and I think um, that, you know, it, all the pieces kind of slotted together perfectly and so we, on that trip to Sri Lanka, we actually got on WordPress, we started the site and we had absolutely no idea what we were doing really. We just kind of just did it. I don't think we still do. (laughs) And and sometimes, yeah, sometimes we feel like we don't know what we're doing still, but I think, um, you know, my, my advice to anybody who's thinking about, you know, starting a blog or doing anything um, similar is that sometimes you just have to just start. And I think, less thinking more doing and just kind of get in there do it you know what we've changed our site three times since we started that first site and I think um we definitely have learned so many lessons along the way but the reality is we may not have even done anything had we not just bitten the bullet and just done it so that's why a blog and from the financial perspective I'll let Elena answer that question
1: yeah okay I don't even know where to start from that. <clears throat> so I guess the first answer is yes we did have money in the bank but I think whenever you're starting something new the reality is like we're young. Yeah. we well, relative but like it's you know what was the worst case scenario of us quitting our job? It's like you know what if all else failed the worst possible thing would be us going in and finding a new job. Like the reality is who cares like you as well give it a crack and just give it everything you've got and then like if it goes belly up you're like well i'll just go get another job like it's really there was no nothing to lose i guess um because we're still employable you know two years we haven't had a job or two and a half years now we can still go i get job offers all the time and so does vic so it really doesn't matter and which is funny because a lot of people are worried about that. I'm like, yeah. who cares? Just say yes and
2: work it out along the way. Yeah, just pe- say yes. And people were so people other people were so concerned about us from that perspective because I think when you're in that corporate world, it's it's alien to think that there could be any other way. And you know, obviously, both working in the entrepreneurial space, it's the total opposite. And I think for us, we had a few ideas of income streams. Um, one of them being network marketing, direct selling, because that's the industry that we'd been working in, well, I, for the, the previous two years up to when we left, and Elena had actually worked in that industry since she was 18, so that was definitely an option for us. And, I mean, making the blog profitable, that was kind of way pie in the sky at the time. We didn't even know you could. We didn't even know you could do that. Um, but I think the, the the key for income,
1: right, is – so we just sat down and we were like, okay, cool. So, you know, what's everything that we love? So we wrote down everything that we love doing – We wrote down all of our passions and we wrote down all of our skills. So, you know, there's skills that you have in your normal nine-to-five job that you probably don't even realise that are actually you could contract for. It's like, you know, there's so many, you know, as you would know, like virtual assistants. There's people who get paid to do people's social media. There's people that get paid to do admin and filing. Like there's just so many skills that people have that you can contract to somebody and work from you know a, a do have a laptop lifestyle where you're not confined to a nine to five desk situation and work from wherever your computer is for us we've got all different types of skills, and when you know it, I guess it was kind of easy for us to just make that transition and go, "Okay, cool, well we love this, 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 and this." you know, we could do some work around this particular skill set and get paid for it. it. Just like an employee or employer would pay for you, you know, pay for you to do a job, you know. So I guess once you start thinking about it and you've really got to sit down and do the work and really think about what you're good at and what you like doing, then it'll be evident that you can find some work that you can do while on the road
0: I I really like your statement, ladies, around, you know, really just taking the time to work out and write down what are those skills and and what are those skills that you do already that that maybe you're not getting paid for specifically, right? So, you know, an example of this is maybe you're someone who just naturally organizes all the group outings for your mates, but you don't do that you know, professionally um, as an event manager or maybe you're the person that everyone goes to when they have complaints about their relationships, you know, like whatever these skills are. So it's really working those things out. And I think the, the benefit of you two having each other was you can actually reflect to each other and say, well, actually, I noticed this in you. And, and, and you can really give each other that feedback really well. So you mentioned... Um, you didn't have this concept of making a blog profitable. Where are you now on that journey? Is that still, a, is that a goal of yours? Is it profitable? Where? What's the what's the view for the blog, and what's the next twelve months view for the blog?
1: Definitely, that's a great question. So yes, I'll be honest with you. The, it probably took us about twelve months to even before we even met other bloggers because we were trapped in that first twelve months. We were we spent I think maybe nine or ten months of that overseas. And it wasn't until we kind of got home that we started, you know, mixing and mingling with the blogging community. Did we even realize that you could make money from it? So the first year we were like, didn't even, didn't even know it existed or it was a possibility or anything about it. But yeah, once we found out, you know, what was possible, I didn't, yeah, we kind of just sat down and made it happen. But yes, our blog is profitable. Is it pulling out the money that we want it to be? No, not at this stage. But it is profitable and
2: it's fun. That's the best part. And it's opened up some fantastic opportunities for us. Um, We've done some fun media trips with other bloggers, we've really started to reach out and work with some great brands you know we've actually been shortlisted for a competition called rising social star which actually will open up some doors with um, a major airline partner and i think what we realized very quickly once we started delving a little deeper into that community and what's possible is that really it comes down to how hard you're willing to work and you know really how much time you have to put into it and and how you use those hours. So for us, we started to get a lot more serious. We started looking at our blog as a business, working on ourselves as a brand, and just approaching this as we would if we were in corporate working for a company. And I think um, that's the thing. It was a hobby for us at first. And, you know, we had some ideas, but you know, 12 months on, two years on now, uh, we're definitely taking it much more seriously. We're still having a lot of fun with it and we love it. And I think um, that's the thing that we really set out to do was just to to create something amazing that we love doing and that we could get paid for. And, And feels good. And feels good to do. And it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like, you know, an effort. And I and that was always the end goal for us.
0: Okay, so that, that's super valuable. Thanks for sharing that. What I'd like to ask, and this comes from one of the, the warriors as well, uh, Lisa, who asked this question. She says, do you guys have any days when you miss your past life?
2: Um, I'm not going to say no. <laughs>
1: I would definitely say no. I sometimes miss my corporate salary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hear that one. Yeah. Um, cool. So your blog's kind of where it's profitable right now. You still got some way to go to where you want it to be. So, what are the current? If we were to, if we were to look at you uh, or Freedom Travelers as a business, what are what are the revenue streams? Or and you also mentioned network marketing. So, what? Yep. If you could just break into percentages, what stream and what a percentage breakdown, if you can.
1: Sure yeah, that's a great question. And thankfully, we've got some great accountants who look after our finances. <laughs> um, so we have we take on contract work when it suits us and when it's the right thing for us. And we also do our network marketing business, and we've got our blog. So breakdown would probably
2: be i mean, I'd say the contracting business and the network marketing business are fairly. That's our main. Trouble. That's our. Those two are our main sources of income, and then the blog is probably I don't know. The blog's probably pulling in twenty percent. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that. that. And I think that's the thing for us is we've really looked at our blog, um, and because all of their, our income streams are complementary to each other, right? So, you know, the event management side, the contract side. If we're doing stuff like digital or social media, which is what I would do, and Elena would do event management stuff, and I think you're meeting people all the time which then obviously leads into our network marketing business or it leads into the the blog in terms of great people that we meet that give us ideas for content and from a monetization point of view with the Blog, we've really realized that it's about building our database. It's about creating great products that are actually helpful and useful for people and that people want to actually buy. And the event side of things from a contracting perspective has actually now led us into wanting to do more events in our blogging space. So, you know, we host regular meetups. We really want to give back to the community in that way. And maybe that won't be a money making thing. Maybe it will. But really, it comes down to having the time and resources to look at different ideas and, and actually how we can monetize them going forward. So yeah, I'd say definitely our network marketing and our contracting business, our event management business is what brings us um, the most amount of income. And the blog is the third tier, but we really want to kind of make that more of an even split over the next two 12 months and li- take a back step from the contracting and start making more money from our blog. And I guess
1: the thing is, and if anyone's in the blogging space on the call, there's definitely shortcuts you can take with your blog. And we've chosen not to. So, for instance, when I say shortcuts, you know, we get offered from, we get contacted from brands all the time that want to give us money for projects for us to attach our name to it or for us to do a plug on our site for them. And to be honest, most of the time it doesn't make sense for us. However, you know, if we were to look for a shortcut and just say, yep, yeah, we just, you know, it's all about the money, we would take those gigs. But we, but for us, it's not about the money. So, you know, we say no to those people and only take the, the, the brands or only talk to the brands that really do suit us and products that we actually would use ourselves or do use ourselves. So does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. I'm glad that you brought that up because that leads me to the next question, which is, what are you doing on the blog which actually leads to income generation and there's an integrity piece that you talk about here which is you know once you kind of build a brand you start getting approached and it's not always a good fit particularly for your audience and I've seen this happen with other blogs where people will you know it's a blatant sell and what happens then is you you actually lose the credibility and the trust of your audience and it's like you might get a quick win, you might make some money, but then you actually, it damages your reputation and your brand. So coming back to, well, let's talk about that one. So what do you use to decide whether you say yes or no? What's your criteria to say yes to a brand or no to a brand?
2: Yeah, okay, that's a great question. I think for us, it really comes down to, does this feel right? Does this feel like us? And I think um, oftentimes if we've been talking to a brand or we've got ideas about what we want to produce, if a brand or, um, you know, a partner is very... You know specific about what they want us to write about or what they want us to include on our social media and if it doesn't if we know we would not post that ordinarily like if this was something we were just posting because we loved it and we wanted to share it with our community then we know straight away that that's that's probably not the right fit and either we would go back and have another conversation with the brand and say hey you know that doesn't fit us well you know how about this would this work for you and if it doesn't work it doesn't work and you know we just say thanks guys you know but next but time. no thanks next time you know talk to us again and for us in terms of what we actually do on the blog so we will do sponsored content only if it makes sense and only if it's really congruent to what we actually feel and what we want to talk to our readers about because essentially our blog is about them like we started this to to really show people that life is about more than sitting at a desk for 40 hours a week for 40 plus years doing something that you don't love for somebody else and I think Our thing is travel and inspiration, and just showing people that you can too. And if people knew, you know, if we were taking gigs and accepting money just to, you know, produce content that wasn't congruent, I don't think that we would have any kind of success in our space so we just have to always just ask ourselves that question and like you said there is two of us so it's very easy for us to kind of just have a sanity check with each other and go okay does this does this feel like us and I've definitely had moments when I've been writing content when I've got you know what this just doesn't feel doesn't feel easy and I think when that happens you know it's not right but you have to make a choice as to whether you're going to do it for the money or do it for the you know, because it feels right. And obviously bloggers have um, many different ways they can make an income from their sites. And affiliate links are definitely something that we, we do and we want to do more of because I think as long as you're honest about what you're doing on the site and you're very upfront and transparent with your readers and your audience... That's cool. And generally, people don't care. Like we do it all the time. People refer things to people all the time. And for us, it's very natural because we have a network marketing direct selling business too. And, you know, people are constantly, this is just the way the world is going now. And I think that is a really, it's a viable income stream and people are totally okay with it if it's done in the right way. So
0: beautiful you've got it right where, where i was going to ask you next which is around direct selling and the industry and you've both been in it for a while and certainly it's working for you so what are some of the, the misconceptions about the industry and you, you and you made a statement there it, it's great when it's done right so what does that mean um, to someone listening to this who's like oh no i would never touch network marketing i don't want to you know alienate my friends or whatever it is uh, so what yeah, what's been your experience and, and what is good example or what's a great example of direct selling that works?
1: Awesome question. Um, so, I've been in the industry, as Vic said earlier, I've been in it since uh, I came out of school. So, what, sev- at 17. So, coming on 20 years, that's showing my age. Um, and, you know, just like any industry, there's good companies and bad companies And I think sometimes with this particular industry, the network marketing industry, is people have either had a first-hand experience or they've heard from somebody, oh, you know, this happened and that happened and blah, blah, blah. But where am I going with this? I kind of lost my train of thought there. I guess... You know, I guess what I was saying is like like any industry, there's good and bad companies. If you're looking for a good company, the only way I w- the number one key criteria I'd be looking for, and just like when we, what we do with our blog, is is this a product that you're going to either consume or, you know, use, utilise every single day for the rest of your life? If it is, then that's a good company for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's, like,
1: that's the basic, that's it, you know. And a lot of people in Australia specifically, you know, know companies like Nutramedics or Avon or companies like that, Tupperware. And, you know, people love Tupperware. People, they use it all the time. And they use it daily, right? So that that's a company that works for people because they do use Tupperware every day, even though we haven't bought No, Tupperware. we've
2: never bought any Tupperware. But I think the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is for for me in the industry and I'm thinking I, I for my mum here I actually knew nothing about the network marketing industry before I took a job at our company and I think um, for me coming in like I had I had I didn't know I had a stigma until I kind of Told my friends and I, they were like, "Oh my God, what are you you know? that What is that? Is that even legitimate?" Here I was earning a great salary at a great company, who, which was totally legitimate. And I think that's the thing about this industry is that a lot of people actually have no idea, have never you know looked into it in any kind of detail, and all they hear is from like their parents, uh, their parents' friend like twenty years ago had a bad experience, <laughs> and now that they've tarred the whole industry with that brush and. Just like Elena said, it's like the network marketing industry has some incredible products. They have some incredible business minds that are affiliated with the companies and the industry itself. And I think if you're really, um, if you're not sure, like go do your research because what you'll find is it's one of the most uplifting, inspiring industry, supportive. supportive. I mean, just like this entrepreneurial space that we talk about. It's all those, all of the things that we love about that. It's really empowering people to, you know what? Just go out there and do this and change your life and have an incredible life. Like you don't have to do the things you don't want to do. There are other ways. Like and it is a better way in lots in lots of senses. You know, most people who want to design their perfect job when they list all the attributes, direct selling network marketing has them all but it does take work and that's the common misconception is people think it's a get rich quick scheme they're going to make a million dollars overnight and when that doesn't happen they get jaded. they get jaded and i think we've just been so blessed to have found a company that we call home that has great product that we both love and i think just like with everything, people are naturally inclined to tell people about things that they love. And I think sometimes people get very excited and it can turn people off. Um, But if you have a great product, it won't matter because people will buy it no matter what. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're both big advocates for the industry and everyone in the industry. And, you know, we're more than happy to answer anyone's questions because as Elena said, between us, we've got, you know, years of experience and we love it. It's great. And... It's like there's like there really is amazing people
1: in the industry mm.
2: and brilliant. brilliant business minds.
0: I've dabbled in in network marketing with three different various companies in different um, spaces, uh, you know, health technology, and I can't remember what the third was. And it, it, it's it's like you know, to me, I, I it's a business model, right? To me, to me, it it obviously works if it's been around for fifty plus you know it's it been well realistically direct selling has been around for centuries yeah right and and it's just it's just it's all about building relationships um, and it's also about you know serving and so what I really like about your message and and sort of what you said here is it requires work it, it requires you know there's no easy c- get quick solution and whether you're building a blog or an online presence or a brand or you're, you know, um, even if you're working in a company and you're trying to build your own reputation and, and and climb the corporate ladder, that all requires work. Exactly. And you're just making a choice here to say, well, the kind of work that we want to do is looks like this. It looks like we're traveling nine out of 12 months of the year. It looks like we're, you know, interviewing cool people and attending cool events and, and whatever it may be. But you come from a place of service and, and uh, certainly what I love about your posts because I've been reading through it, and I'm following you, you know, almost religiously on, on Facebook. Is just the inspiration that comes out of you, and and, and you're, you're you're very quick to share, you know, what's going on. One of the missions or the intentions of this particular podcast is to go behind the scenes and and really share this concept of you got to work for what you want. So I'm glad that's come up already. So what, what, you know, what would a typical uh, week or day look like for you? You've got a couple of businesses that you're going on, sort of working concurrently, and they all contribute to each other, which is great. So you know, tell me about the stuff that's unsexy. Because everyone can look at your Instagram feed and go, oh my gosh, they're in Bali, they're, you know, they're, they're here and there, and they're hanging out with some, some really cool influencers and whatever else, but, um, or, or you know, some smart hotel chains. But what don't people really see?
2: Uh, it's a good question it's a good question
1: well i guess for us i think the most challenging thing for us out of everything is our paperwork
2: (laughs) yes so I guess the thing is it's like it doesn't matter what kind of business you run it doesn't matter you know what model you choose you still have to do all that life admin and you know you still have to tick all the boxes and get your tax done and all that kind of stuff and that's the stuff that we actually really don't like doing so I guess that's probably one of the most unsexy things about running any kind of business but in terms of what you see on online, and this has really been super important to us um, since the beginning, is that we we hope that we show up online exactly as we show up in life and that people who see us online would meet us, you know, bump into us in the street or, you know, come up to us in an event and have a conversation and they wouldn't be disappointed because what we don't like to do is really you know, I guess, fabricate stuff because there's a lot of the influencer world. There's a lot of that. And I mean, we've seen, you know, other other people come out and, and speak about this in recent months. But yeah, I mean, if we're not having a good day, we don't post about it, quite frankly. <laughs> and everybody has bad days. And we have, especially when we first left our jobs, we basically locked ourselves in our house for two weeks and, and didn't really talk to anyone. And we're like questioning everything. We're like, did, did we make the right decision? But I think the unsexy thing is, you know, you do have to be organised. You do have to time block and get shit done. And and the hardest part is, is being self-generative, yeah.
1: self-motivating, yeah. you know, and that is by far the hardest thing to do is mm-hmm. to make sure that you sit down and actually do the do because that's – if you're going to be your own boss, that's the hardest part. You've got yeah. no one to report to but yourself
2: and, I guess, your bank account. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like our diary and our bank account, those are our bosses. And, you know, I think I read a great book um, and most lots of you may have read it, but it's called The One Thing and I cannot think of the author's name. But one of the things I love about that book, it's like, what's the one thing I can do today or in the next hour that will make everything else you know, I won't need to do it. Like, what's the one thing I can do right now? And so I think for us, we really try and plan our time effectively so we can get the most out of our day. But it's taken <laughs> time for us to get there. Like, the first year, it was like a holiday. And then we woke up and we were like, whoa, okay, we need to get serious about this. And that's where we made some, like, life changes. And if you read our blog, you'll know that we gave up alcohol last year because we wanted to be more productive. And, yeah, I mean, generally, our life is great. But the unsexy stuff is just the same unsexy stuff that everyone has, you know. I think we all have things that we like to do and things that we don't like to do, and we're exactly the same. We're no different.
0: And I think you know, many of us listening to this will say, "Yeah, we're not not. <laughs> we're not tax. <laughs> excuse me. We're not tax accountants, so that's probably the one that we don't really love. But it's got to be done. So I've got a question here from Karen who you both know really well, Karen, uh, Natalia. So she's asking a two-part question. One is how do you build an audience when you just, you're just you starting out and you don't know how to build an audience? And secondly, how do you pitch to hotels and restaurants so then they sponsor you to do cool things like, you know, go and stay at the hotels or go on some travel trips?
1: Okay, cool. Can I, can I be honest here? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we we did this really like by pure accident. I don't even know how it happened. But so I guess in our first year, straight up when we decided to do the blog, we started a Facebook page and we we honestly, we didn't really do much on it. We kind of, we posted some, we just, just Facebook like normal. And then all of a sudden we realized we had over, I, what, Whereas well, initially when we started to have a few thousand
2: people and I was like, wow, okay, like this is, this Where is cool. Where did these people come from? And <laughs> I think the, the thing about building an audience, and this is the same with anything or a customer base, it's about building trust with people. Uh, can consistency. It, and consistency. And being consistent. So like we, if people know, like, and trust you, they're going to buy into what you're doing, whether that's on Facebook, whether that's on Instagram, whether that's reading your blog, whatever. And I think, you know, even though my background was in marketing communications, initially we did this because it was fun. Like, and we were just having fun and people were watching what we were doing and they were like, wow, okay, this is cool. I want to do this too. And we'd get messages from people and we'd be like, wow, this is cool. And then as time went on, and the audience started to grow it the realization hit us we were like wow okay we've actually done something quite amazing here that initially we didn't really set out to do and maybe that's not what people want to hear and if you want to be deliberate about it we've definitely got things that we can share that that would help but same goes with pitching and great question from kieran like for me, I'm very upfront and honest with people. And if I want to go somewhere, I'm just going to ring up the pers- ring up the hotel. I'm going to ask to speak to the marketing person. I'm going to have a conversation over the phone. And I think that's a lost art for a lot of people who ha- tend to hide behind, you know, whether it's their social media or their blog, because they, you know, it's hard to get out there and just have those conversations. But I think if you If you really genuinely feel that you have something to offer a brand or a hotel or, you know, a destination, it's find out who the right person to speak to is and have a conversation and share your ideas just put forward your ideas and oftentimes you know even if it's not right for them they'll be able to point you in the right direction of someone else like i just had a great experience with um, a travel company and he loved what we were about had no budget to spend with us but he's like you know what you can write some content for us like we'd put we'd give you some links back to your site and i have a contact at another company who i know would love you and has the budget to spend now if i hadn't got on the phone and had that conversation with him That would never have happened. So my advice to anyone with pitching is just like, get out there, make mistakes if you have to, but just be honest, be real with people, share why you're excited. Even if you're just starting out, because, and if you are just starting out, talk to other bloggers, like get in the groups, ask people for advice, because people will give you advice, like they will, and the right people will always share what they're doing. And and really help you on your way. And I guess the the reality is, especially for anyone that
1: has a corporate role, they will know that they get drowned by emails. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I in my role, I used to get something almost up to a thousand emails per day. Now the reality is, for me to do my job effectively, I couldn't look at all those emails. I wouldn't even look at one tenth, unfortunately. So you know. In many times when we when we kind of take the easy approach and send an email to someone, you know, I know I've spoken to bloggers and they're like, oh, yeah, I sent them an email and they never responded. And I'm like, well, to be honest, they don't know who you are. They're probably busy and they've probably got, you know, a crap load of other emails just sitting in their inbox. So it's always about picking up the phone like Vic said. I know when I used to hire staff, I, the same thing, I would get a million CVs and I would only ever interview the people that would call me, ever. I would never, ever, ever go in and read all the emails, the CVs, the resumes. I'm like, why? I'm looking for a proactive person. If someone's submissive and only emails me their resume, I'm like, well, you're not the right person for my
2: role. Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> oh, no,
0: no, that's great. I love that you sort of contextualise and, and say, well, you know, that's – that's almost a lost art. Because <laughs> it's so easy to tweet than to send an email or whatever, and it, it removes the risk, you know, from from that. And because and, a lot of us sort of hide behind this fear of, oh, whatever get rejected, and that's a big one, right? Um so so how how um I think that was Elena you were sharing about being you know, being approached like hundreds, thousands of emails, whatever. Um how what's your advice on how do you actually find that person's phone number?
2: Well, I mean Usually it's pretty simple. Like <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're if you trying to, I mean, yeah, there are gatekeepers and all the rest. And if that is the case, then, you know, whatever, like it's probably not the right company. But I think for me, if I know somebody who's worked with a brand or if I've heard that somebody's worked with a brand or I've seen somebody's worked with a brand, I'll try and get a name and like a mobile or a direct line. If I am going through, you know, traditional channels to get to the right person, I'll if it's a hotel, if they have a head office, like I'll try and speak to somebody in the marketing department at the head office. So recently when we were over in America, I was talking to a hotel in West Hollywood and it was really easy. Like I called up the front desk. I asked for the name of the person in the marketing department. They gave me an email. I actually did email because she only gave me an email, not a direct line, but the lady responded to me. So I think it's just trial and error. Like, I don't think there's any one foolproof way to get to the right person. But I think it's just, you know, giving it a go and finding what works for you. And, you know, oftentimes when you even when you do speak to a person, they'll be like, oh, can you send me an email? Can you send me your media kit? But they've had a conversation with you. So when that email does arrive in their inbox, they remember the conversation and they're like, oh, okay, cool. And they'll actually look at it. Whereas if they're just getting an email blind from somebody they've never met before, it's very unlikely that they're going to respond to you. And if they do, great. I know that Twitter has been very successful for some people, some bloggers, influencers working with brands. And if that works for you, great. But like this is this is just what works for us. And I'm sure there's other ways that people can go about it. But um, that would be my advice. I don't know if you have any others with the people that tried to call you.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I've heard a lot of people have success with Twitter, contacting the right person. Um, we're not big Twitterers, we try, but we stick. We stick to what we're good at. You know, I won't lie. We, I really struggle with that platform.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you're saying. uh, You know, we don't get Snapchat. I don't personally don't get Snapchat yet, uh, and we don't get Twitter. Like, and that's it. It's identifying the platform or platforms that work for you. Um, you could be spread very thinly trying to trying to work out all the platforms because there are so many that's really it isn't it it's working on what's your strength and 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 what do you actually like doing and you talked about that a couple of times now you've said you know it's got to be fun for us because if it's not fun why why the f are we doing it absolutely totally
1: and you know you just touched on something there when we first discovered the Blogging community, and everyone's like, okay, well, you've got to get on Pinterest and you've got to get on Twitter and you've got to do this and you've got to get on this social platform and you've got to be on Tumblr. And so we were like, okay, because obviously these people are, have been successful and we're there to listen to them. And we honestly we went and tried to, to look at all these platforms and we signed up to all of them. And then it was like, I, I don't even know how this works. And it just, all of a sudden, it felt really hard. and. Pinterest, for example, as one platform is it just doesn't gel with me. And then trying to use it to find an audience, it it just it felt hard and yeah. challenging and it wasn't fun. And I was like, you know what? This we just don't need to be here right now. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, totally. And we've we've then since you know, we've found our feet and we've spoken to more uh, to other successful people and they're like you know what just specialize in one specialize in you know if you love facebook get on facebook and really get in there and for us we love facebook and instagram and then we try and direct our traffic from those two platforms back to our website, website. Yeah. um but we are dabbling in snapchat because what yeah. we found
2: is that it's actually really fun yeah but (laughs) it's really fun, but it's very time consuming. And I think that's the thing is that when you are trying to spread yourself thinly, just as you said, it can often... I don't know, like it really just takes... Jack of all trades, master yeah, of none. Yeah, exactly. And I think for us, we really took a look at the platforms that we actually use on a personal level. And for lots of you, that will be a good place to start. Just think about the ones you actually love using. Like I know heaps of people who love Pinterest. They absolutely love it. Like they froth over it and they use it every day. But that's not us. So I think, you know, just just don't be afraid to, to like what you like and use those platforms first. It's not to say that you never can branch into others, um, you know, but I think just just, just do what works for you initially.
0: Now, I'm going to circle back to something you said earlier about you mentioned the, the alcohol challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that blog post. I think that's to me, you know, I've been sharing out to different people. I feel and I shared a similar post from Medium, uh, which was all around, you can have fun being sober. And it's, you know, something that I think for a lot of us, particularly I came from a world where it was high corporate, high, you know, I was doing 60 hours a week. And I'm not sure you guys can relate to this. And what I realized when I – because I started writing my book and what I what I realized about that time of my life was uh, I was in serious depression. A lot of anxiety, you know, hitting the booze every Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, you name it. Um, you know, and we'd go out and have these parties and, and you know, we were traveling Company was setting uh, selling us everywhere, but we'd be in, we'd be at the bars. Uh, and, and what I realized in reflection was I was drowning my sorrows mm-hmm. and and avoiding a gap, you know, inside myself that needed to be fulfilled. And I didn't realize that because there wasn't an awareness. And I think something that when I read your blog post about what you'd learned about the twelve, you know, from the twelve months of not drinking was definitely a, I got a sense of this real awareness underneath that where you kind of realize, yeah, you know, life is so much more precious and, and so much more available to you. The opportunities available to you when you're not, you know, hungover on Sunday morning and you're trying to work out what the hell just happened last night. So can you talk about that experience and, and just share some of, some of those things that you learned and, and, and what was the motivation for you to, to, to even do that particular 12 months? And I know you've continued that on onwards. The other one I've seen you guys do is the, the weight loss. Yep. and and you know, going through that process. So, so why do you put yourself through those physical challenges, um, and how has that helped you in your life and also in your business? Great
2: question. Um, I think for us, we we and I love that you have read it and you, you get it and I think that's initially one of the challenges that we found and you may face this too is that people are very quick to judge when you tell them that you don't drink and we never even knew this was a thing until we took on this challenge and the main motivation for us um taking 12 months off and which is now obviously moved into this year as well as was productivity it was productivity in our business, it was our health, it was just feeling better. And initially, we were like, oh, yeah, well, let's take a month off in January, like lots of people do. And then I I discovered um, Hello Sunday Morning, which is a not-for-profit organization that helps people improve their relationship with alcohol. And, you know, I by no means felt that we were alcoholics or anything like that. But I knew that there was something fundamentally wrong with the fact that we were you know, having drinks in the afternoon and then getting no work done or, you know, just like you said, being hung over on the weekends and just feeling so, you know, just not good about ourselves. And we had a great life. We were traveling a lot, but it wasn't always, you know, the best choice to be hitting the bar first. And <laughs> I think um, it's just... I think it's easy when you travel, yeah. like especially with travel in particular,
1: everyone goes, oh, cool, I'm on holidays. You know, you go to the airport lounge, you go in there, there's free alcohol. Then you're on the plane and they want to serve you alcohol and then you get to your destination and usually people will go, well, let's go to the pool bar or <laughs> this that. And, like, we were traveling so much that all of a sudden when you don't have a normal nine-to-five or any kind of commitments – it's very easy to go, oh, okay, yeah, let's just have a drink. And we've got a lot of friends that we work with who do the same thing as us and, you know, we might be in a, a different country together. Like say we were just in Colombia with a whole bunch of mates and it's like, okay, well, yeah, it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Should we go have a drink? And it's very, it became very easy for us to say yes because we weren't, all of a sudden we weren't in that 9-to-5 job. And that's kind of when we were like, oh, hang on, this this seems to be not uh, we seem to be just falling into this trap a little bit too much and I just
2: come off a knee injury and I put on some weight mm. so yeah so we made the decision and and I guess the the biggest learnings for us was just like you said it's like. I think everyone thinks that they need to, they need the alcohol to have fun or they need the alcohol for confidence. And when you remove the alcohol, don't get me wrong, there were a few. The first couple of months, it was challenging. It was challenging. It was it was different. It was you feel socially ostracized. Yeah, you feel socially ostracized. You feel awkward. But then as time goes on and you start to become more and more and more okay with the fact that you don't drink, and people around you start to become okay with it, and those who aren't okay with it. You know what, like that's their stuff, that's not yours. And I think at the end of the year, we had really changed fundamentally some patterns that we had. And, you know, our confidence and our, and our health, my gosh, you know, you talk about the weight loss too. Like, naturally, what happens when you don't drink is you don't eat the crap food, you don't binge when you're hungover, you, you know, you are so much more respectful of your body which when you are a a small business owner or an entrepreneur, you know, your health is the most important thing that you have you know it's about good nutrition it's about good sleep it's about lowering your stress levels because you don't get paid for sick days (laughs) because yeah you don't get paid when you can't go to work and you're hungover or you don't get paid when you're so run down and stressed out so for us our health became priority number one and you know when we go back to our network marketing business we are in the health and wellness industry we're walking talking billboards for what we do and if we were you know supping it at the bar and, you know, couldn't get out of bed or couldn't go work out like that doesn't look good for our business. So, you know, we made a decision for a lot of different reasons, but I guess the surprising thing that came out of it was just how, how, how much we enjoyed our new lifestyle, how much more time we had. And, you know, Elena's injury is now gone and we can train at the gym and it's, it's- but the funny
1: thing is, is I think that socially, especially here in Australia, People are so ingrained culturally that life revolves around alcohol. Now, a day you won't go past where we don't get contacted by one of our readers and like, okay, well, that's great for you guys that you can afford to travel, but how can I? And typically, very within a few minutes of talking to the, our readers, like if we're like, okay, well, how much money do you spend going out? How much money are you spending each weekend getting pissed? And you know, all of a sudden, like they're spending, you know, on a Friday night they'll drop a hundred bucks, and then maybe an extra fifty bucks on a cab ride, and then you know, a greasy uh, pie or like a greasy meal at midnight or two o'clock in the morning, and then you know, there goes one hundred and fifty bucks, and that's just a Friday night. I was like, well, okay, imagine just not doing that on a Friday night. All of a sudden, you've got an extra five hundred minimum dollars a, a month, and that very quickly becomes. Um, your bank account, your savings account to go for that holiday that you want. I was like, don't give me an excuse that travel, that you can't travel. It's just,
2: you know, is it a priority for you right now? Yeah. And that's, that's one of our friends said that to us. She was like, you know, instead of saying you don't have time, just say it's not a priority. Or instead of saying you don't have the money, just say it's not a priority right now.
1: And I tell you what, it feels a whole bunch different <laughs> because if you say instead of saying oh I don't have I don't have the money to travel, it's, the reality is it's not a priority for you. And then when you say oh, I don't, my priority is not to travel, it's like well hang on,
2: isn't it? Because then you just, yeah. I don't know, you just start questioning. Just rewiring your thought patterns. And that's definitely something that came out of last year for us, for sure.
0: So who's helped you work on, I know you talked about David Wood. Um, is there anyone else that, that's been a good influence for you in terms of this rewiring of, of thought patterns and and, um, and and really looking at mindset?
2: Um, oh gosh, I mean, I read a lot of different things. and You yeah. know, we, we read books and we attend events and
0: different things. and So let, let me ask you this question then. So let's one recommendation. So one book that everyone listen to this call, if, they, if they're really serious about, you know, having this freedom and choice of life and how they want to be and how they want to, to create, um, what would be just, you know, one, one or two books that you'd recommend they go and read or a blog that they should look at? Apart from the Freedom Travellers, of course, I would recommend everyone read that. So, but, but someone else's, yeah. Yeah, totally. They should go
1: to the Freedom Travellers <laughs> and sign up for VIX. Uh, she wrote a the five-part series on how to escape the desk. Love it, but um, self-promotion. But other things. <laughs> I don't think we actually initially went out to go find books or great, you know, great motivational speakers to listen to. However, it's part of the network marketing industry, which is why we love the industry so much. And so, a lot of the books that we do read are industry around. Books the network marketing industry but I have
2: a couple uh Tim Ferriss the four hour work week it's a classic that's a great one to start with Gay Hendrix, the big leap um was a huge one for me um that really got me thinking about the self-sabotage that lots of us do and then as I said the one thing and I cannot remember the name of the author but if you just type in the one thing dot com that really helps people get clarity when there's overwhelm and that's been a big big thing for me um the power of now as well, oh, I, I, I can't tell.
0: Yeah, I yeah, love that it's a great one.
2: Book. Don't get it on the audio.
1: I'd recommend that as a book.
0: Yeah, he his voice is creepy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Eckhart's great. He just he's got a very monotone voice, and so yeah, <laughs> Sounds I, I, like a
1: serial killer. I
0: get that. <laughs> cool. But he's right. a
1: legend. Uh, he is
0: a legend. Absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna uh, sort of close this off with two questions that I've got for you. First one is over the last, you know. Two years plus that you've been building the Freedom Travelers. What would you say is the key message or, or the key philosophy that drives everything that you two are doing?
1: That's easy. I can answer that in one word fun. That's the whole reason that we left our jobs. Like, honestly, it's about getting, for us, it was putting our life, our life work balance back into where it should be. And it's all about fun having fun, you know,
2: having having the... the. I guess what, what I found from doing this is that a lot of us have forgotten what we enjoy to do because, you know, you go to school, you get a degree, you know, you get into the workforce, and then before you know it, you're defined by your job role or your salary or that number above your head, and you forget what you love to do. And just like Leila said... Life is too short to not have fun doing what you do every single day and you know for us that is traveling writing about it sharing photos you know meeting cool people and you know if fun for you is you know knitting or crocheting go do that like if fun for you is you know working with kids like go do that i think a lot of people think that they can't do what they love or they've totally forgotten what they love so our, our mission with the freedom travelers is it's just to give people permission to go and do what they love to do and have freedom and choice in their life because you can have it
0: amazing amazing okay next question what what tools are you know this is more of a practical question here what are there any specific you know one or two tools that really help you do what you do
2: so we talk in terms of like technology yeah that could like, be technology
0: it could be apps could be a web website stuff it could be you know whatever that helps you you know run a blog, run a network marketing business, go traveling, hang out with friends, family, all that kind of stuff. So what is your like, I swear by if I didn't have this tool in my life, um, this would be a lot harder.
2: I know what ours is. It's YouTube. We just could, we ask YouTube everything. Like <laughs> we, We've we done so many tutorials on YouTube about our site. I say we, Elena sits on YouTube and, and teaches. We self-taught. And I think... um the best thing about YouTube is you can pretty much learn everything on YouTube, and I don't know if you have any others.
1: Uh, in terms of apps, like all the time, we try like, to be more organized and have apps that can help us on the road and um, help with time management and project um, management. However, the number one tool that works for us time and time again is the good old
2: pen and a good book. Yeah. it. Like just a, a notepad. Notepad. Pen and paper. Write yeah. it down. Write it down. did digital calendar is one that we share between us. And we really try and, and adhere to that and put book stuff in and get stuff in the diary. But pen and paper, like, if you've got thoughts in your brain, just get it out on paper.
1: Yeah. So we just, we do the typical things, you know, we write our to-do list the night before. Goals. Um, You know, concentrate on just the top three tasks that we need to do the following day. But yeah, it's all pen and paper. We're we're old
2: school. We've got a vision board (laughs) that we do. Vision vision boards, pen and paper. We're pretty old school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, all, we're always open to looking into the technology, but I mean I th- sometimes it can, it can bog you down. and obviously, we do refer to things like TripAdvisor, etc when we travel, but you know we're all, we all I, I read magazine articles and different things and blogs, but I think it can get a lot it can get overwhelming, so we try and keep things simple. Yeah
0: I love that. I love it. Keep it simple. Um, I feel that you know you're probably your next sponsorship bill will be a notepad of some sort and a pen. <laughs>
2: Oh, Kiki K. If anyone there you go. Was listening from Kiki K, I'd totally take a sponsorship with them. Oh, I love it.
0: We can probably find your connection there, so um, let me keep an eye out for that one.
1: They may go bankrupt if they gave Vic a sponsorship, <laughs> just
0: letting you know. Vic. Elena, you two are incredibly inspiring. You're amazing. I love how down-to-earth you are. You're definitely, you know, Britain and an Aussie doing stuff around the world. It's, it's fantastic. And, and you really embody the fun nature of what you're trying to do and what you are doing. Um, thank you so much. I, I guess as a final final sort of question I'd like to, to, to ask my uh, guest is, when it's all said and done, right, um, what do you want to be known for? Oh, that's poignant.
2: I, I guess when it's all said and done, I just like to be known for as two people who just decided to screw the status quo and go do what they wanted to do because I think, well, for me particularly, I think so often you do things because other people want you to do them and there's an expectation and, you know, you can you can tell when someone has really made the decision to go do something because they love it. And they want to do it, and it's almost like not not an fu kind of thing, but it's. I think people need to just throw off that expectation that they think is there, because when you actually step out and do something different, it's not. You realise it's not. And you can be,
1: do, and have anything that you want. And I guess for us, like right now, if you're looking at our life, you might think that it's just all about us travelling, but our end goal is really is to be able to, to travel the world and to be able to show people what it's like in all of these different countries. And what we really want to do is be able to make a difference, you know. Mm. We want to make a difference to <clears throat> these third-world countries, um, animals. That's like a big thing on our list. So I don't know.
2: We just want to be known as good people who did some fun stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And that's That's it distilled keep it simple you can explain it to your niece and to your nephews <laughs> very yeah. simple and someone a good mentor of mine said it. you can't explain it to your six year, to a six-year-old you're not going to be able to explain it to anybody else
2: totally true story
0: so i love it okay thank you so much for your time where can uh, our audience connect with you to find out more about what you're doing
2: uh, well, you can go over to our blog, which is thefreedomtravelers.com, and that's travelers spelt with two L's, not one, for anyone American listening. Um, we're also up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash thefreedomtravelers at thefreedomtravelers on Instagram. Um, and you can also find us on YouTube as well.
0: Amazing. Okay, I'll add the show notes to this podcast, episode 12, guys, and you'll find the links all there and any other references that we've talked about in the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Vic and Elena, enjoy the rest of your time or the next 45 days that you're here. Um, <laughs> and then I look forward to seeing where you're off to next. And, and so Thanks nice. for
2: having us. It's been amazing. You're, Thanks, Legend.
0: You're welcome. All right, guys, hit subscribe, share this podcast with everybody else because you Definitely want other people to know about the Freedom Travelers, and uh, if you're definitely one, if you're going to be one yourself, connect with these lovely ladies, and, and, and um, I'm sure that welcome to you, to their community.
2: Totally, absolutely.
0: Thanks for tuning in, Warrior, and I hope you got something valuable out of that fun conversation with the Freedom Travelers. Such wonderful girls uh, and entrepreneurs in their own right. Now, there's one thing that I hope you take away from their story and their experience is that. Whatever it is that's ticking inside you, where you're feeling right now that you need to activate or make happen or transition into your shift, it's totally possible, okay? You just need to start and take that first step, whatever that looks like to you. I'm not saying go quit your job tomorrow if that's not right for you, right? But what I am suggesting is that you start taking active steps and make progress towards realizing your dreams and your visions and really putting yourself out there into the world the way that you know feels right for you. Okay, so now if you wanted to get a- access to the resources uh, mentioned in the episode, then just jump along on to www.transitionspodcast.com forward slash. 012. Again, that's www.transitionspodcast.com forward slash 012. And uh, you'll be able to connect with the Freedom Travellers there and access any of the, the resources that we mentioned earlier. Okay, now I just wanted to leave you uh, with a request and that's if you really enjoyed the episode and got great value and insights and tips from it, please leave a review and and some comments for me on iTunes and that would really help me do what I'm trying to do here and that's to share the insights and the lessons and the practical tips that would help more people with their own transitions. Thanks a lot for tuning in and As always, live confidently and passionately, and I'll see you on the next show.